Good morning, friends. I'm excited to have the opportunity to open up our new series this morning, God Is. And this morning, I would like to speak to us from one verse that we find in Psalm 9 and verse 10. And it reads this, And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Let's just bow our heads for a moment, shall we? And we'll pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you that this morning we can come into your presence. Again, not physically gathering, but online. But Lord, we believe that you are in our midst as we open up the word this morning. We pray that you would speak directly to each of our hearts today. Would you fill us anew with your spirit? Would you teach us something more of who you are? Go with us and bless us, we pray. Amen. Friendships relationships, romantic relationships, all worthwhile relationships are built on knowledge. When we meet somebody for the first time, we don't consider that we really know that person until we've had an opportunity to get to know them a little bit better. Who are they? What's their personality like? What do they like? What do they dislike? What do they desire? When we come to know more of a new acquaintance, we better understand what they are like and what the nature of our relationship to them will look like going forward. And in the same way for us as Christians, a vibrant and a a healthy relationship with the triune God must be rooted in a firm understanding and knowledge of who God reveals himself to be. I love these words of A.W. Tozer as he opened his series in the attributes. He said, there is no theme more simple or important. And he's absolutely right. A very foundational and simple question, who is God? Knowing God for who he has revealed himself to be, for us as Christians, is vitally important. We talk often of trusting in God of having faith in God, of knowing God and loving God. But to have relationship with God, we must first know Him. And this morning, really just in two parts, I want to look at knowing God and I want to look at trusting in God as this verse shows us. Psalm 9 verse 10. Know God's name. Know who God is. And I guess my question with this is what? What is the purpose of our new preaching series? And really the answer to that is the purpose of this series is that so that each of us know God. Again, A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our minds when we think of God is the most important thing about us. Just say that again. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Who you believe God to be and what he is like is the single most important factor in your life. Why? Because a high view of God leads to a life of holy living. A high view of God leads to a life of of exalted and transcendent worship of God. But a low view of God, a poor understanding of God, does not lead to a life that desires to follow him in all things. 
It does not lead to a life that says, today I'm going to pick up my cross and I will carry you whatever that might look like. But a low view of God leads us to a life that is half-hearted, to a life that is away from God, to a life that is not focused and committed to Him. Our view of God is is the divide of the Christian life. It is the divide between man-centered thinking and God-centered thinking. The most important thing about you is what you think about God. And in this series, what we want to do is we want to sharply bring into focus our picture of God, our understanding of God. It is our knowledge of God, after all, that will determine what we think and how we act. What we believe, how we worship, how we invest The entireties of our life is dependent upon what we think about God. The attributes of God are ultimately a template or a paradigm through which we see everything. It colours and it affects how we see the world around us. If we have a wrong understanding of who God is, everything else in our lives is wrong. How we understand our workplace, how we raise a family, how we understand our hobbies, our free times, what we do with our resources, how we treat people, how we react to hardship, how we react to confrontation. All of it depends on who we understand God to be. Can you think of anything more important in your life than God? Can you think of any thoughts in your mind more important than God? I can't think of anything or anyone who is more important than God. So as we come and and, and open this, I want to answer the question, what is an attribute of God? Very simply, an attribute is a quality of a person. It is a characteristic of a person. It is a feature that uniquely defines them. And an attribute is what we attribute to a person. And in the case of God, the attributes of God refer to his character, his essence, his nature, and his person. We're talking about the perfections of God, the essence of God, the being of God, the, the very essence of who God is. Do you know, time and time again, throughout the prophets and the Psalms, we read this rhetorical question phrased in different ways. Oh God, who is like you? Who is a God like you? The question is rhetorical because there is no response to that question other than none. Who is like you, oh God? None no one there is none like God Moses asks who is like you among the gods O Lord again there is no response there is none among the gods who are like our gods our God the God of the Christian faith is so unique so distinguishable that the attributes begin for us to try and unpack a little bit of who he is 
the attributes, the unique qualities that tell us who God is and what he is like. And we want to use this series to explore and outline and profile the attributes before us. Who is God? What is he like? Well, we're going to explore in the next 11 weeks, 11 different attributes. That list is by no means exhaustive, but hopefully it will cover some of the most important aspects of who God is but of course I must say from the off for us to try and get our arms around God for us to try and grasp uh, entirely who he is would be like us trying to wrap our arms around Scotland there is just no way that it is possible it just cannot be done it's like trying to reach to the depths of an ocean that we will never reach it's trying to reach a height that we can never go but what we have is revealed in the word of God God revealing to us his people who he is his truth and his words and we don't just want to read we don't just want to know God and that's what alludes to here again in Psalm 9 verse 10 that knowing God leads us to trusting in God but we want to embrace the truth of who God is we want to experience the truth of who God is in our hearts So I just want to take a moment and I want to read us through the list of the menu, if you like, of what we're going to explore in the weeks ahead. Next week, the Reverend Alan Donaldson will be coming for the next two weeks and sharing with us in the ideas of God is majestic. He is the perfect God. He is majestic and flawless, utterly perfect God is righteous he will always do what is right just and true God loves purity the reverse side of that is God hates all that is unpure but God is perfectly righteous God is holy God is eternal and divinely perfect he is high and he is lifted up he is blameless And he is flawless in every aspect of his being. God is changeless. He's immutable. God is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. God never increases or decreases. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. There is nothing that happens in this world without God knowing love love is the essence of God's nature and character his very being for God so loved the world we will unpack a little of the great love that God has for us what does it mean that God is love God is merciful God's divine goodness is shown to us his creation God is omnipresent God is everywhere at all times from eternity past to eternity future God is there God is omnipotent he is all powerful he is able to do all things God is sovereign 
God has supreme authority and control over all things. God rules and he reigns from the heavens. And as R.C. Sproul says, there are no maverick molecules in this universe. To the smallest molecule, God is sovereign over all things. God knows all things. And finally, God is glorious. God's glory is the overflowing radiance and the brilliance of the holiness of God some of these attributes belong to God alone for example the three omnis only God is all powerful only God is everywhere and only he is all knowing these attributes are are linked to God and him alone but there are some that we have glimpses of in human life They are in God in their entirety and in a small faint way in his creation we see them too. Love being an example. We can love in a small faint way compared to the love that God has for us. We are able in a small way to show mercy to others. We can have wisdom through his words. We'll look at all of those. But I think there's three things to highlight as we come to this that I think are really important as we look at the attributes of God just to frame what we're going to look at and what we mean for the weeks ahead. Firstly, all of these attributes, all of these characteristics are found in the entirety of the Godhead. The Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit are all of these attributes. For example, the holiness of God. The Father is absolutely perfect and holy. So is the Son, the sinless Savior. So is the Spirit, transcendent and without sin. Every attribute we will look at represent the entirety of who God is. All three persons. Yes, their differences lie in their roles, their functions, their ministry, but not in their character. One God of the same essence, of the same character, differing in function and ministry. Secondly, and I think this is really important for us to understand, all of the attributes are eternally present and permanent in God. We know that God is without beginning and without end, and each of these attributes have always belonged to God and will always belong to God. He does not pick up attributes along the way he is forever the same and I think this is really important for us to understand because increasingly people will try and make a distinction between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament and try and claim that they are two different gods that something's changed that somehow God has changed paths or he's assumed a different character But we say to that, absolutely not. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament, is the God of eternity past, is the God of eternity future. He has never changed and he will never change because all of his characteristics are eternally present. And thirdly, all of the attributes are inseparably connected. No one attribute can be disconnected or separated from the rest because each is part of God. 
they make up the essence of who God is. For example, the holiness of God defines all other attributes. God, God's love is holy. God's judgment, his righteousness is holy. God's truth is holy truth. They're all connected together. Each attribute is not a standalone part of God like a slice of cake. You can't cut into God and here you have one attribute or here you have another. Because we could end up trying to play one part of God off another. But that's not how it works. The characteristics of God are woven together like a perfect tapestry. They work in perfect unity, never conflicting. They're all pulling in the same direction. Put your trust in him. The first question that I, that I hope we answered to, to some extent there was what? What are we doing? The next question that I want to answer is why? Why should we care about who God is? My hope is that we explore, as we explore more and more of who God is, each one of us falls more and more in love with God. Do you know, as I read through that list and look at what we are going to explore, I look at it and I cannot help but say hallelujah. Hallelujah that there is one so much greater than me that I can find hope in. Hallelujah that there is one who knows the beginning from the end. And that not one thing happens in this universe without his knowing. Hallelujah that there is one so perfect in grace and mercy that he bore my burden of sin and shame so that I could know him. Would our cry be hallelujah? Praise God. Would the cry of our hearts as we look to God be God you are so worthy you are so beautiful. You are so lovely. You are so awesome. You are so perfect. Commenting on this verse, Spurgeon said this, Faith is an intelligent grace. Though there can be knowledge without faith, there can be no faith without knowledge. Knowledge must carry the torch before faith. And Paul writing to Timothy said, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Knowing God is the foundation stone for all of us as Christians. You can know things without faith. Anybody can pick up a Bible. You don't have to have faith in the eternal God to open a Bible and begin to read. And you can learn knowledge. You can learn genealogies. You can learn. You don't even have to believe that Christ actually lived and died to pick up a Bible and, and read off the pages what Jesus uh, did. But there can be no faith without knowledge. We must know who our God is. Why was Paul not ashamed? Why did Paul hit his persecutions head on? No man dies for what he doesn't believe in. No man goes to prison and cares so greatly for something he doesn't care about. But I am not ashamed because I know whom I believe. I know in whom I have 
believed. Friends, it is so important that we know God. That we spend time exploring and understanding who God is. Because it is as we explore these things, it is as we understand who God is, that our hearts delight in Him. How marvellous would it be if we could all utter those words of Paul, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Nothing will faze me, because I know whom I have believed. Do you know, if, if this was the song of our heart, if this is what we knew, the essence of our being, of exactly who God is, of the power that he has, of the sovereignty of his nature, we would not fear. We would not fear anything because we would know that God holds us, that God is with us and God, as the verse goes on to say, will not forsake us. Do you know God this morning? Maybe this is your first ever time considering who is God. Maybe you've attended church for decades but haven't really considered who is God. Or maybe you are sure of the faith that you have in God and you know something of who God is. You have a fair, a good understanding of the character of God that drives your faith. And I pray that they, these weeks ahead would be an encouragement to all of us wherever we are at. Because as we know God, it leads us into two things. Firstly, it leads us into a healthy fear of God. As we understand more and more of these characteristics. As we begin to understand more of how utterly unique and powerful and awesome he is. We cannot help but read and see and dwell on our own insignificance. We should have a healthy fear of God. A reverent fear that leads us to humility. That leads us to an understanding of the immensity of what the Lord Jesus had to do to save us. We realize how amazing it is that God even bothered to come into this world. He was under no obligation to do so. But because he so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. And from that fear comes trust, comes faith. From that fear we know trust. We trust that God in his infinite wisdom, grace and mercy is sufficient for everything that we need. As we know more and more of him, we are able to trust more and more in him. And as we trust more in God, we trust, trust less in ourselves. We trust less in the things of the world. So when hardships and circumstances, when the things of this world come our way, we are rooted on the solid rock. On the solid rock I stand. Because all other ground is sinking sand. Because I know my God and I trust in my God. The words of Deuteronomy 32.3 For I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Ascribe greatness to our God. The purpose of knowing God is not just so that we would know him. But it's so that we would trust him and live lives that honor him. Would we know more and more of him so that we might honor him more and more?
one of the things I'm most excited for getting back to church about is being able to stand here as a full church sings how great thou art. A building full of people who love Jesus, who united as one people as part of the body of Christ here in Hamilton declare the greatness of God. If there was any sense in which I ever took uh, for granted the gathering of God's people, I think that is now long gone because I'm so desperate to meet with my brothers and sisters and to be able to, to sit under the authority of the word and together proclaim in sung worship who our God is. But it gives us, as, as this building, when it is full again one day, a glimpse of heaven, a glimpse of eternity as we raise our praises. That one day for all eternity in the presence of of our God, the majestic God, the holy God, the all-seeing, the all-knowing, the all-powerful God. And in his presence, we will declare, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That will be the cry of our hearts as we understand who God is. We will be able to say nothing more, nothing less than holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty because he is so good. Do you know, friends, we have such small minds that it's so little we are able to comprehend as people. But we pray that in the weeks ahead we are able to understand just a little more of who God is to us. That picture of eternity, face to face with our Saviour, declaring holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What excitement that brings to my soul. What excitement it brings, the thought of us gathering in here again to sing his praises one day. Let's come, shall we? We'll bow our heads and pray. Lord, would we know you? Would we as your people put our trust in you for you O Lord have not forsaken those who seek you God what wonderful truth what wonderful truth that whether it be pandemic or persecution that our brothers and sisters across this world face for their faith whatever it may be Lord you do not forsake your people Lord would the desire of our hearts be to know you more and more would we be people of the word People who want to spend time with you, to know you, to understand who you are. And in turn, Lord, would it lead us to lives that just glorify your name. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your uniqueness. We thank you that indeed you are in control of all things. There is no need for any of us to fear because our God has got this. Our God has all things in the palm of his hand. Lord, we thank you. We worship you. We bow down before you. In your precious and mighty name we pray. Amen.